It's September 25th, 2014. This is the Hell Yeah Show, bringing you best practices for fine living advice on how to not let technology ruin your day. Emery. Welcome to Ben And we're back to the Hell Yeah Show after, what, a couple months out? I have no idea. A lot of months. Nah, well, what's up? Okay, a lot, a lot of weeks, a few months. A month? Two months? We are very weak sauce, as we can say. It was, no, no, it was the, we, we discussed this, right? It was the summer hiatus. Mm-hmm. It was the, you know, we... Well, need... yeah, because you know what? Earlier this summer, we actually did better than we've done the previous two years. Right, yeah. And then we rapidly got off the track with all of, I mean, you had a lot of travel stuff, and then I had a whole bunch of shenanigans going on, and it was just hard to get caught up on stuff, I think. Right, yeah, and I think, you know, the, and well, and, and obviously we needed time to to write the next season of the Hell Yeah Show. Um, yes, yeah, we write these scripts a year in advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how our that's how we keep it so fresh that's well and, and polished i mean that's that's how we uh you know how every episode sounds so perfectly crafted we are a well-oiled machine yeah for sure so he is the oiler yes uh, that's your name on the street <laughs> oh my god so yeah uh well i mean welcome back you were all over the place and we'll talk about that i hope mm-hmm and uh oh so first things for me is that this week we are broadcasting from the sam gray memorial studio and uh yeah so um and i don't know how much detail i want to go into about that but the short version is is that uh um she's a good friend and uh she's no longer with us and um i miss the hell out of her so that's that um but uh i have some other news that is less (laughs) devastating are you ready? I, I like the yeah, I, I like the the sudden abrupt transition here, and, and obviously condolences. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're broadcasting from the the Sam Gray Memorial Studio this week. Yes, and, uh, and it's, I thought I was actually going to be able to talk about it, but then as I started to, I realized really quickly that uh, I I wasn't really ready yet. But um, so uh, I did, however, engage in some retail therapy, as I am wont to do. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I got a chrome welded post bag. Because I was at this awkward time of summer where my back was always hot from backpacks and um, the messengers weren't really doing it for me either, um, just in terms of like how they were working and everything. So um, there was a big sale towards, uh, God, it must have been like a month ago. Um, there was like a really, I, I, what was it? Like almost, it was 25% off everything, which followed like their in-person, in-store sale that they had. And... Um, so they have this welded post bag, which is kind of huh. like an over-shoulder um, sling-style bag, Whoa. but it's really tall. Yeah. It's welded, and when I say welded, what, what they mean is um, like the patches on the bag where they've done things like hook the handles in, for example. Yeah. Things like that. There's like a backing um, that's been spot welded with what? seams inside to keep it completely waterproof and also to prevent it from like any tearing or, or from like heavy lifting. Wow. It's actually really cool. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, it's one of the few bags that Chrome has. Um, well, I shouldn't say it's one of the few that they have that does this, but uh, Chrome has kind of like a split distribution model um, or a manufacturing model. So they have some of their stuff get manufactured in China and some of it in the United States. And most of everything else that I've bought from them has been a USA bag. And I've always been a little wary of, of uh, the, the import stuff. Um, this one is a very inexpensive bag. It was like 60 bucks, I think. Um, 
and it holds an awful lot of stuff. I want to say it's probably like 20 liters more or less on the capacity. Um, the laptop sleeve that they include is pretty good too. Um, and it kind of like Velcros in on the back. Huh. Most of the time though, I'm not actually carrying a, uh, a laptop anymore. My MacBook pretty much stays at the office now. Um, because of, uh, so much of what I do, I can, I just do on the iPad and it's not really a big deal. But, um, uh, really, I, I love it for for hoisting a camera around. Except that um, because it's like a tall bag yeah. stuff, kind of you have to kind of you know remember to keep your camera on top. Really, but well, it does it. it I, guess, I guess you've got the the uh, more compact camera, but um, yeah, like it, it yeah it doesn't it doesn't seem to have a whole lot of uh, like width beyond the, yeah. the size oh. of the laptop. Well, no, no, it does. Um, it's uh, well, okay. To, to quantify that, like it, it has like a nice uh, bulge to it. Yeah. If you stuff it full of stuff, it'll expand out. Uh. Um, but it, it has like a finite limit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The back of it has like those uh, uh, the the part of the bag that faces your body. They have like these uh, mole esque strap hooks, you know, like the the webbing. Uh huh. So you can put like a bike lock in there and things like that. So I, I hang like my keys off of it, and I have like this little uh, bag loop I use for um, hanging my bag off of a tabletop or a countertop, uh-huh. and uh, it works out fine. And then there's two big front pockets um, that are not really stretchy, so there's kind of a limit on what you can do with that, which is kind of nice. Um, it's a nice bag. The uh, um, it does have some width to it. I think if I had to carry like if I wasn't using a rangefinder and I had like. Uh, a big body camera with a huge long telephoto lens or something. Um, I'd probably, I, I think I would probably be okay. Cause I'm not really a, I'm going to carry all my lenses kind of guy. So it really wouldn't be a big deal for me, but um, I could see it being somewhat limiting for that. But I mean, you probably wouldn't want to use that sort of a bag anyways, but it was nice is that it's a, it's an over the shoulder crossbody bag with um, a roll top kind of, cause it, it rolls over and then there's like a, a hook and a latch kind yep. of to keep it shut. So yeah, that's kind of cool and and waterproof as well. Just, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty yep. handy. And then um, speaking of waterproof, I actually had a uh, gosh, what was it? I bought uh, otter wax. Have you heard of this? Uh, no, it's basically so. like a combination beeswax and something else. And um, so I have like a couple of uh, of like jackets that are cotton or. Uh, like a type of canvas uh-huh. and uh, it's basically like a, a canvas fabric waxing bar and then you basically like you know scrub the fabric with this bar and then you heat it up with a blow dryer or toss it in the clothes dryer and then it treats the canvas and the or the cotton and then makes it waterproof oh wow and it has a really nice look to it too if you like the look like i there are some people that don't like the way that a wax canvas or cotton yep. looks or feels, and I can totally understand that. Um, but if you if you like that look, like um, Mission Workshop has a couple of bags that they sell like that, and then some camera bags even are like a wax canvas, and they're very expensive compared to like just a regular canvas one. Sure. But you can buy one of these bars for like you know eight bucks or whatever, and get a blow dryer and do it yourself. Sure. But the um, uh, I did that with uh, I have a couple of like hooded sweatshirts that are like really thin. And so I like them because they're not too hot. Um, and this time of year, I really like uh, wearing them. But uh, I went ahead and I waxed uh, the hood on one of them. <laughs> so I have this like waxed cotton hooded sweatshirt that I really like. But, nice. Um, That's <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a little sounds, crazy. Sounds but, good. Like, if you pull the hood up, you, you stay dry. Like the rest of me will yeah. get wet because I do the whole thing because I don't, you know, didn't want to. But I've got a, a, uh, I have a jacket that I'm going to probably finish too that I did the same thing with. Um, for the same reason, because it's just I kind of like having something that's uh, 
not going to let me get soaked because I'm a bus rider, um, which, oh man, a couple of days ago, uh, I was on the bus and I was riding to work and I had, um, I was sitting next to, uh, my student worker, um, happens to be on the same route uh-huh. as me and we were just chatting and, uh, I was sitting in like the front row of the front facing seats. So I had like my foot up on the side facing seats. Yep. And if I hadn't, um, I would have probably joined, uh, <laughs> my office mate in a 10 foot fly through the air. Wow. Yeah. Somebody, we were in the right lane and then, uh, somebody did a turn in front of us from the left lane into like to make a right hand turn across the bus. Yeah. And basically got sideswiped, which was kind of ridiculous because, um, and the bus driver was like, uh, um, gosh, what was it? Like, uh, uh, he like ta- I've been in the bus before when someone's like you know had to tap the brakes right yep. or, or hit the horn and so there was one of those that was like you know honk and then like a break but then immediately following it was a much longer break and a much longer horn <laughs> and, uh, yeah so the, there was a bit of a of a brouhaha but, Wait, but it, was, um, it was the first break that threw people forward or it was the no, second no, one it was the second one the first oh. one was just like, uh, you know, because you know it happens. Yeah, um, and people are are used to it. But then it was that second one that was like just slamming the brake, where the whole bus kind of like jolted forward, and huh. some people were flying. So, uh, so th- yeah, that was my adventure on the bus this week. Wow. Yeah. So, so, but I mean, was everyone okay? Yeah. Everyone. Well, everyone seems to be fine. Uh, huh. My my colleague was a little banged up uh, yeah. from the fall, but um yeah it, it was uh definitely a little frightening and then because we're in the midwest like you know we're we're waiting around for the next bus because um there was another one on that route that's gonna be like in 20 minutes and this uh this girl walks over to us and she says you know are you guys waiting for the bus we're like uh yeah and she's like uh i called my boyfriend he's coming to get me if you want to ride <laughs> and i was like uh, sure so you know uh i i set aside my my caution for stranger danger and, and i accepted a ride and uh and it was fine. Yeah. No, it's, of course it's fine. Yeah. 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 What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Actually, I had, I had not, not for the topic of this, or not for the uh, subject of this show, but I'll also tell you uh, uh, an amusing anecdote later about how, what immediately came to mind um, when, this, when this happened. But, uh, but my kid's been sick this week, too. So it's been, a, it's been a long week. We've had like a ton of stuff at work, and we'll talk about some of that later in the show. But, um, a lot of stuff at work, a lot of family stuff, a lot of home stuff. It's like a busy time of year for grad students, and it's a busy time of year for me. And it's just been, uh, I'm running ragged, and uh, I'm really, really tired. So, But hey, um, we're, we're going to get a podcast out there. So Yeah, but my kid's been sick, and so she's got a fever, and she's been unhappy, and she's a little freaked out. But um, she's been okay, and I, I stayed home with her today. Um, and she's so funny because, like, she's getting to the point now where she's, like, saying stuff that's really amusing. <laughs> and uh, she's getting, like, a little, uh, like, as her personality develops more and more, like, I'm, I like her so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was, uh, like, the other day, uh, Liz was saying, I can't remember what she did like, to, to prompt this, but she asked a question or something. And, and, and Prudence looks over and says, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's two. So. Yeah, that's delightful, though. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's fun. And then, like, you know, uh, sit down. I'm not kidding. Like, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of like, thank you and please, and we're yeah. we're raising a real uh, a really polite person. So nice. I'm happy. I, I mean, just just a snarky, argumentative little brat sometimes too, which is amazing. Yeah, because uh, she's uh when when she's like especially uh 
uh, in the mood to like you know argue with us. Uh, I like to do the duck season, rabbit season thing. Are you well, familiar with this? Like no, from, uh, I, no I'm not. I don't think no, so. So like in the Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know, like it's duck season, and yeah. then. No, it's rabbit season and the duck season, rabbit season, duck season. Yeah, and then yeah. like Bugs Bunny will switch and say like rabbit season and then Donald and Daffy Duck will say duck season. Oh, then, right. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. So I like to do that to her. And, Does she, um, and she falls for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's and, hilarious. Well, it, she, she, she will. And then she immediately catches it. And then she looks at me and she gets like this really scornful, like, <laughs> I see what you did there type look. Yeah. And there was like. Uh, sometimes when, I, when she's really worked up about it, like I like to, I like my favorite setup is that I say, you know, like, Prudence, you are such a contrarian. She'll say, "No, I'm not." <laughs> so I find that sort of thing really hilarious. But, um, and uh, in my free time, I've been shopping on Etsy for notebook accessories and finding really cool jewelry. Like, Ooh. there's someone that makes meteorite jewelry, which I am fascinated by. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Oh, it's really cool. And then um, uh, the notebook covers thing is always exciting. And then uh, what else have I been finding on Etsy? There was something else I just recently bought there. Oh, I bought some. Um, there's like some sticker makers that are pretty interesting. And like uh, there's all sorts of cool stuff there. And I, I'm, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, yeah, I, I, bought a, I bought a candle from Etsy. I bought a journal yeah. that was a gift uh, from, from oh, Etsy. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. And uh, I also had like uh, – some web stuff like I've been tinkering on Jekyll some more and uh, getting ready to start rolling with that again. Yeah, Jekyll's uh, awesome. Yeah, there's a guy named uh, Matthew uh, or uh, Michael. Um, hold on, what's his name? Um, 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 his uh, website is mademistakes.com and he's <laughs> mostly well known for his outstanding series on uh, paper by 53. Um, hmm. He does a lot of like a lot of uh, portraits and sketches on his iPad using yeah. paper. And they're just outstanding. But he has a really great website. And um, he's released several. Michael Rose is his name. And he's a public domain or MIT licensed rather. um, A lot of uh, Jekyll uh, starter kits, if you will, like themes and and such. And they're all really, really good. And um, he's been uh, really fantastic. And so I've been kind of following along on a a couple of his things and and learning a lot as I go. So um, it's all kind of funny to, to realize like how... Um, web technology even though like some of it is the same like how people can do all sorts of amazing things by um, bending and manipulating right. uh, code a little bit so yeah uh, yep. he's great and he I, I had to I felt obligated to PayPal him some tip jar money the other day and um, in appreciation for all of his uh, uh, contributions to people like me that like to learn as we go so cool and then there was like that whole celebrity nudes fapping thing, and that, yes, I, I don't think I don't know if I want to get into that too much right now. But the what really ticked me off the most is like when I hear people talking about this. They a anyone the referring hackers, to, the yeah. hackers, they're at it again. Anyone they're that, hacking accounts. Apple's been compromised. Yeah, that's that's, oh, <laughs> that's the worst. And then uh, uh, my personal favorite though is the not my favorite, but when people in the press have been calling this like a leak. Yeah, and it's it's not a leak. Like this isn't something that people wanted to have out there. Yeah, and it was something that was obviously private and being circulated for the amusement of sweaty doofuses <laughs> like in their basements. <laughs> like have you know have never seen a, a naked woman before? I guess I don't know. But what really takes me off though is this mentality of like, well, if you don't want them out there, you shouldn't take those kinds of pictures. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, when someone's bank account is compromised online and people like... If, if you, sh- you don't want that money out there, you shouldn't have yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. They get all your money stolen. Yeah. They put it in the bank. Yeah. Or shouldn't yeah. have put it on an internet banking site. Like, that's just, you know, that's what you get. And it's basically like that sort of like victim blaming nonsense that like just makes my head explode. Well, I mean the 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 piece of this that that like I mean clearly it's you know the the I I don't actually know all the details, but like clearly there was some point where the accounts were vulnerable due to either like you know bad passwords or bad account recovery mechanisms or you know or something like that, right? Or just outright brute force, you know, like some of them just had bad passwords. I'm sure, like it's it's you know I, right. I, know. I mean that's I but I guess what I'm saying is like it it's. Uh, if if the if the point of failure is a bad password, then the person who set up that password is not entirely blameless. They're not entirely blameless for someone getting their password, but they are entirely blameless for someone rummaging through their crap and putting it on the internet. Uh, well, oh, sure, so yeah, but I, I guess I, like if, even if I leave my front door unlocked and open. And yeah. I go to bed, and I wake up in the morning, and my house has been stolen. Well, no, my it's, stuff it's, has still been stolen, and someone still committed a crime. Right? Yeah. It, well, yes, and it's yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's I'm not. Still, no, no, it's it's not like the it's not like you know people are blameless because the passwords were easy to guess. I, I I'm just saying like it's you know creating creating a an insecure password is uh, uh, you're not gonna, you're not going to win this argument. <laughs> you're you're taking you're taking a, a false position. Because uh, there is no there is no liability for for the user in this situation. Like they, the the user has no. This is like what happens. So there's a very there's a very you are very dangerously close to. to I'm not. No, I'm not I'm saying a I'm, really horrible argument. And I don't I, and I don't want you to make that argument. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying they're at fault. I'm I'm just saying that like they they uh, have bad practices. Like you know, putting a bad, putting an insecure password on your iCloud account or whatever is a bad practice that people should avoid. That that might be. It it is a it is a bad idea to have a terrible password. Right. But they are completely blameless. No, I don't think it's an excuse at all. Well, obviously. Yeah. I'm saying that people that have had this happen to them. Yeah. They are completely blameless in what happened. With that said, if you have a bad password on your account, you should change it to a more secure password right now. <laughs> I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. But it does not absolve anybody of any and that liability. Is, yes, and that is not an argument I would ever make. Okay. Yeah. Well, not, not like that. Okay. Just, I wanted to make sure we're, that we're in agreement there. <laughs> yeah. The, I, oh, the, this, this sort of thing really drives me bananas, though, because seriously, like, I mean, the... The arguments that are being made and like the critiques and criticisms and like, you know, what really bothers me about this, too, is like people, it it never even occurs to people like just how private some of this is. And I mean, obviously, some of these photos are, you know, not the kind of thing that people would would want to have uh, widely distributed, right? Like, I'm assuming these are like very compromising photos. Now, the thing that's really troubling to me is that a lot of these images could also have very identifying metadata on them. So it's not necessarily just that people are handing around nude pictures of someone, but they might also also be handing out addresses. They might be handing around entire travel itineraries, um, other information, GPS locations. um, uh, There's any number of things that can be gleaned from information that gets embedded into digital photos. And so there's like this whole thing where I'm like thinking to myself, like this is a much bigger violation, I think, than people 
realize, especially when I'm listening to like uh, um, radio hosts or, or reading articles from people that are like, you know, ha ha, you know, like, well, they're at it again. Look at all these boobs. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, you are absolutely out of your mind. Like, <laughs> That, that is exactly, like, the wrong way to approach that story. I, and, I saw plenty of the other side, though, too. I saw plenty of the, like... I, I saw plenty of the, well, the like, counter-stories around the, you know, the, the media reaction to this is, is, is childish, you know? It's shameful. Yeah. It's beyond childish. It's irresponsible in a lot of cases. And, like, it's very tabloid, and it's, you know... Uh, uh, have, have you seen the CNN headline that says, uh, Leaked photos may have come from the cloud... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 So, so I've heard, and it's like, you know, and, and it's, again, it comes to, it's a, it's a matter of like journalists that don't understand the technology really also are right. contributing to this because, um, like the quote unquote phone hacking scandal in the UK where like, uh, reporters were, oh yeah, uh, the voicemail uh, hacking stuff. Yeah. yeah that right. Not, that was not phone hacking. That was people forging caller ID and calling the voicemail right. number for the phone. Right. Right. Yeah. No yeah, one, exactly. no one was actually like, you know, Putting on their their uh, their their beanie and their propeller hat <laughs> and logging into a, uh, their Gopher server in Jurassic Park and right, like right. Uh, you know this is a Unix system I know this like yeah. there was no there was no hacking going on they 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 paid someone two dollars and they used a service yeah yeah and that was it so I you know it's just it's all it drives me bananas because it's a very real concern and it's a real privacy issue but it's completely presented wrong to people because now now people see this story too and they're like well what are you gonna do you can't take pictures on the cloud well you can if they're encrypted with your like you know with a a key that you control (laughs) yeah but but that's that's the whole point is like nobody understands that Uh and nobody even knows what encrypted means right yeah like and i say nobody I, i mean like uh People that are not you and me and and, our, and both of our listeners. Like, <laughs> there's this whole line. Both of, people, of our listeners who are know. both actually encryption experts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two cryptographers, yeah. a guy named this, Black this, Death Twenty Seven. Yeah, post hiatus. That's what our show is down to. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I I guarantee we have uh we, we we definitely have more than that. But yeah. The uh um. <laughs> hi, mom. But there's this whole thing where like it, it's it's misrepresented, it's mishandled, it's misunderstood. It just it drives me bananas. But um, and then uh, the the good news though was that um, we have the iPhone six, the six plus, <laughs> Apple Watch, iOS eight, Yosemite's around the corner. The rest of the technology landscape for Apple uh, in particular is looking great. We've had a lot of good things happening with um, Microsoft. Um, they've done some pretty cool stuff. We've had Google doing some pretty interesting stuff. We've had um, a lot of neat things going around. And then there's a new social network today called Hello. Oh, I saw something about that just now. Yeah. It's like, you know, it looks, uh, uh, I don't know. It looks like austere. I don't know. It's well, yeah, because it's, it's basically, it's, it's like Facebook without any ads. That's pretty much their whole premise. And then there's like, the diaspora thing and then there's all this like decentralized stuff that's interesting and uh, like people that are like freaking out about this Ello thing I'm like it's the same thing that's already been done like a million times yes just, yeah that was that was my my initial reaction to it was like this is the same thing that's been done a million times but like, like the, with with more white space and monospace font <laughs> <coughs> yeah so yeah. hooray yep um, so we'll see what happens with all that but someone yeah. asked me today they said uh, what's Ello and I said it's like an anti-Facebook with the social networking, la, 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 blah, 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 blah. Yep, it's actually down my, right now, I think. 
sure it is. Yeah. Just like that stupid yo thing, like whatever the hell that. <laughs> yeah, which which like got promptly compromised. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. And then once I heard that someone actually gave that dude money, like I I wanted to like drown. Yeah. Like I I was so that's the sort of thing that just makes my head explode. But no, that's okay. That's how it is right now. Your turn. How is Japan? <laughs> ah, uh, Japan was great. Japan is Japan is fantastic. I like Japan. Yep, never yeah. forget. That's why I always say. The, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, they, it's Godzilla. <laughs> uh, what do you think I was talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway. Uh, did you have they, sushi while you were there? I did. I had so much sushi while I was there. I've heard it's good. Like, I, they really know how to make it there. They, yeah, weirdly enough. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's because they're so close to the ocean. I think that's probably it. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, um, did you... This before you before you move on, I'm sorry. Yeah. For, I gotta ask though. Did you eat anything really weird while you were there? Um, I had a girlfriend that ate like raw horse while she was there. Or, no, yeah. nothing that weird. Um, okay. Not really. No, there wasn't anything crazy. I mean, you know, there's the usual like. Su- I mean, you know, like the the um, weirdest sushi thing is probably octopus. Maybe um, what's that? Maybe it was raw chicken. I don't remember some raw oh. animal that I would not eat ever. Huh. So um, uh, octopus, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet it's rubbery. Uh, it's yeah, it is kind of chewy. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I've I've had that before. I've had that, a, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had that in the U.S. Yeah, it's not. It's actually a pretty common thing um, huh. in in sushi bars. So um, yeah, so nothing nothing crazy. It was more just like kind of uh, like the the degree to which you can get sushi for not that much money in places that operate like uh, that are you know chains like essentially kind of. Yeah. You know the equivalent of like a Chili's or whatever. <laughs> you oh know? wow! Or like I mean, you know, in, in that that you know they have that level of ubiquity, yeah, yeah. cheapness, and and uh, like formula it's like to them. Walking to an Arby's, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's more like an Arby's actually. So there's, there's this chain called Sushi Zanmai that is essentially it. it I mean, the, yes, its presence is very much like an Arby's, except you know, I mean, it's nice. The sushi is amazing. I mean, the sushi is the quality of high end sushi in the U.S. You know, in the Bay Area. Um, sure. But you know you're paying like thirty bucks for a full meal, uh, like re- like a ton of sushi full meal. You know, that, that whereas sound you hear right now is is my cat about to fall through a drying rack full of my shirts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, just, just so you're aware, yeah. that I'm not in danger. <laughs> um, yeah, so, 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 I, so you know, sushi that would be, I mean, like a multi-hundred dollar sushi meal in the U.S. Like that, that, that quality and amount of sushi is is commodity there, which is amazing. That's great. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, yeah. So, 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 sushi zanmai is fantastic. It's this chain that is that is in a bunch of places. It does both. Um. Uh. They do. Uh. Uh. Like a conveyor belt style. <laughs> oh um, yeah, like that place in at Heathrow. Uh, at Heathrow. Have we talked about this? No, I don't think so. Okay, someone, someone I was talking to actually knew exactly what I was talking about. But in um in London Heathrow Airport, there's like this, there's a sushi place, like right inside the 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 terminal at the airport, huh. and it's and it has like it's like conveyor belt two, style. two or three guys, and it's a conveyor belt, and you just go pick up what you want, and yeah. it's amazing. Nice. <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. Great. And and I don't know, like it was. Probably, I have to say, like it might well be that that was probably some of the best food I had while I was in the in the, in the UK. It was 
from that place. <laughs> but but yeah, I thought that was amazing. Like I'd never seen anything like it, and apparently yeah. it's like super common. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so so the, yeah, this chain restaurant Sushi Zanmai has can, has normal you know style where there's a sushi bar and then sit down tables, and they have conveyor belt style where it's all one bar around around a conveyor belt, and and yeah, it's just it's so fantastic i you know and these some of these places are open 24 hours too so like wandering in at you know like past midnight and getting a sushi meal <laughs> oh wow yeah for cheap is is amazing um so yeah there's sushi sanmai there's also ichiran ramen uh which is a, another chain uh that that does ramen and and uh the best thing about this is the format so you you come up to the entrance there's a big vending machine and you press what you want on the vending machine and you pay at the vending machine. You get these little tickets, you bring them into the restaurant, you sit down in a little like cubby hole basically. Like there's wood panels on either side of you and you're in this little enclosed area. You you put the tickets in front of you, you press a button, someone comes behind a curtain in front of you, collects the tickets and then comes back with your ramen. <sighs> slips your ramen under the curtain and goes away. <laughs> Yowza. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like it's 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 uh, ramen with with like not requiring any human interaction, where you only you get to just come in and focus on eating your ramen. It's it's uh, it's kind that's of that's amazing. Now, is it the like I know um, when I go to like a Japanese place, I usually if I want like noodles, I get like the yakisoba. Is that the sort of thing that you're talking about with the ramen, or is uh, there like no, an actual no, this, different? This is uh, this is like miso broth with. Uh, um, uh, I don't know what kind of noodle actually ramen noodle. I don't know what ramen noodle is, but yeah, me either. Yeah, I know but, it's like a it's like a fr- it's like well when you when I get it at the store for ninety nine cents, it's like basically <laughs> a deep fried dry noodle, um, and a salt packet, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so each one ramen is fantastic. Other fantastic thing is Hamburg sandwich. Um, <laughs> Hamburg sandwich is it, it is hamburger sandwich, although it's pronounced Hamburg sandwich. Um. It's like it's. Oh, it's, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. The Hamburg sandwich. Hamburg sandwich. Um, it is. Uh, it is a little like beef patty. It's essentially like a White Castle burger, but on on white bread instead of a bun, um, and way better. And, and so it's like this little beef patty with barbecue sauce in a in a in in like white bread. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and and this I. I don't know if this is a common thing, but the only the place that that I found it was uh, was this entire it is an entire complex devoted solely to beef. So it's this whole like like six story uh, shopping complex, like restaurant and shopping complex, where every single thing in there is centered around beef. <laughs> um, so that was great. That's kind of a big deal, and plus, like the whiskey industry too, right? Like, I guess there was like um, a bunch of like Japanese distilleries were buying up stuff in the United States, and uh, I don't know what happened. There was like the global whiskey market got really weird for a long time, and I think it's starting to like even out now. But and I I I prefer um, I prefer Scotch uh, to to like Irish and uh, bourbon and things like that. So I'm I'm a little talking a little bit out of turn here because. I know some of the stuff they were buying up was in the U.S., but um, I thought I thought it was like a really huge deal over there. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I don't know. It was a, I know whiskey sours are a huge deal over there. Whiskey sours are everywhere. Um. Anyway, and <laughs> then um, so the Tower Beef was in Akihabara. Uh, Akihabara is awesome. Electronics District, tons of arcades. Um, arcades are fun. Although pretty much every arcade in Japan these days, the first floor is entirely crane machines. Um, 
like or capsule machines and so it's these like you know not really game games and then the second floor is actually an arcade so hmm. um but yeah hey, so how common is that there because i haven't seen like an honest to god arcade in forever like uh in, since in, the playstation 2 <laughs> yeah in most places in tokyo not super prevalent in in akihabara though they're everywhere because uh, that that's that is like the area for technology and geekery and gaming and all that stuff. So, um, so there there's a ton of arcades within like a you know ten block radius in Akihabara. So, so yeah, that was Japan. Japan was good. I like Japan. Um, and then uh, speaking of games, played some Destiny, which is a good game. Um, my uh, my my experience with it has been fairly similar to what I've seen, uh, you know, most other people's experience be, which is the gameplay is super fun and the plot and story and dialogue and cutscenes and all that stuff just kind of suck. Um, really? Yep. So it's a big disappointment. Well, that's what everyone thinks is a big disappointment, but actually, like, I put a ton of hours into it, and I think even it's... Bungie on their worst day is pretty good right yeah it's super fun to play it's a really like it's actually mechanically extremely fun game right um it's just like the i think you know they they painted they really hyped it up you know to to a very very uh uh like lofty height um and i think they they did themselves a disservice um by putting a ton of hype behind it before launch and then it launched, and like, yeah, of course, it's not going to live up to some ridiculous level of hype. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I guess actually, for those who don't know what Destiny is, uh, uh, it's this, it's this um, kind of like FPS MMO, sh- like you know, basically like a, a, a combination between an MMO, like with MMO with shooting mechanics, something kind of like Borderlands around loot collecting and and like co-op missions with with you know three people taking on objectives together. Uh, and then there's an endgame raid of like a six person endgame raid that actually apparently requires WoW style, you know, don't stand in the fire, uh, phasing, has an enrage. Really? Yeah, there's an en- the boss has an enrage timer. Um, this is like, the sort of thing that most Call of Duty players will tip over at. <laughs> well, so yeah, that's uh, like there was there was there were widespread complaints that they weren't at, out of the gate allowing people to pug it. Uh, like basically, they will not let you, you know, do a. It, you, they will not let you run the raid with a group of random people at all. Um, and so everyone's complaining about this, about, you know, like, oh, come on, how are we ever going to find six people to get together to, to do this? Um, but, like, a, according to the people who have done it, and, and finally one group after a 12-hour run got the world first for it. Um, and it, mm. but it took, I mean, it took, like, you know, days before anyone did. Um, and... Uh, um, uh yeah so so finally one group got the world first and they basically said like there is no way anyone in a random group is going to come even close to defeating this <laughs> like the amount of coordination and and well, you know, practice it takes so well i yeah. like that yeah it's really cool i think it's fantastic like the, the i don't like the idea of like in-game content being like just fill in with some rando i don't like right. that yep totally so like, the fact that there's a you know a console shooter that that's is, like my only criticism of diablo really diablo 3 is is that's how the end game goes well, yeah. I mean, well, nowadays, like they have like this new tiering system, which is a little bit different. So that, that's kind of cool because, like, they have these ranked rifts that get progressively harder and harder. And I can see that being less of a face roll, but for the most part, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um. So yeah, 
Uh, so that's Destiny. Uh, and then I also went to PAX Prime a couple weeks ago. Um, and that was fun. A big gaming convention up in Seattle. Um, was there. Uh, it was a pretty rushed trip. Uh, but um, How'd you get tickets? Uh, uh, we had a panel. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they give you they give you speaker badges if you're if you're on a panel. So la di da. Yeah. Well. Oh, what's that? Who was the we? Uh, uh, YouTube had a panel. So oh, nice. Yes. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you uh, were not representing the Hell Yeah show. No, no. The, yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I scheduled a, a Hell Yeah show PAX panel and didn't invite you. That was uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dick. Yeah. Uh so yeah yeah we had a we had a YouTube panel around uh some some updates from YouTube and then also uh, uh we had a few sort of notable creators on YouTube come and talk about their experience and then take questions about how to how to be successful as someone who wants to make gaming videos on YouTube. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know there's a couple of people that do stuff with uh, The Last of Us that I love. Yeah. And there's um one guy in particular that uh uh, it was so good at it. Like when they did like these, um, there was a group on Reddit that played, um, they kind of like organized uh, little tournaments on their own, you know? Yeah. They had like little brackets and everything. And uh, I didn't play in any of these or anything, but I did try to like keep an eye on uh, what they were doing because I loved watching the videos afterwards because there was like one or two people that did, just did an exceptional job of like play calling. And I think we talked about this during um, uh, the StarCraft uh, tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, no, no, the the Dota two tournament because the, the international, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was like a guy that does these that was just exceptional, and I, I sent him a message basically saying, this, "This could be a career for you. Like <laughs> you, you are, you know, uh, uh, you, you could easily be doing this professionally if you had yeah. the right opportunity, you know. And that, that's the kind of thing that I really like watching too. It's kind of dumb, but or maybe it's not dumb. I guess it's not dumb because it's a pretty big deal now. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's turning into. I, there, there are you know, dozens, probably hundred. Yeah, there are definitely hundreds of people who have full time jobs around. Or I, I mean, there are thousands of people that have full time jobs around creating gaming content. You know, on YouTube or other platforms, there are certainly there's there's like among those hundreds of people who have full time jobs around just yeah doing that sort of commentary stuff on you know uh, uh, live uh, uh, games and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's outrageous. It's cool. Now on the console side, like I know people do um, stuff with uh, Elgato makes a HDMI video device that people really like. They do, and in fact, they just recently came out with a new version of it. Um, So the the it's called so the old version was the Elgato Game Capture HD. Uh, The new version is the Game Capture HD 60 uh, because it captures at 1080p 60 frames per second. Nice. Yeah, yeah. What kind of a computer is uh, required for that? Uh, It's uh, I think you because I mean storage even like. To write 1080p at 60 fields, don't you need like SSDs really for capture? Uh, you might. I'm not sure. Uh, you, you. I believe. I mean, I think you need. Um, I think you need USB 3.0. Although, I, I, yeah, I'd imagine you do. And then, uh, um, well, it's still going to be hitting like, in some cases, a magnetic disc that's not going to help you. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Well, yeah. If you don't have SSD, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've been using my uh, my laptop. Um, which does have one, and uh, yeah, and, and then um, I don't. I mean, it, but it, at the same time, I've been using my laptop, which doesn't have like the most amazing. I mean, it's like an i seven from a couple of years ago, um, 
and, well, and yeah, I guess like encoding, but you don't have to worry necessarily about doing the encoding in real time. But you no, definitely the, well, and the the box, the the Elgato hardware does the encoding. Get out of here! Really? Yeah. Oh, so you, that's how they're doing it. Then. Yeah, because that's because that actually can dramatically decrease the bit rate that or the the bandwidth you would need to capture. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That sounds expensive. Um, it's nice. So the the game capture, I think the original game capture is like a hundred and twenty or something, and the game capture HD is a, a bit more than that, but not a whole lot. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's not too bad. Huh. Um. Yeah, and then uh, the other uh, final thing that uh, I've been up to is rediscovering Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's you know I I mean like it's actually. It's it has remained of like I, they've added some complexity to it, but at, at its core, like it's still a pretty simple uh, cesspool. Yeah, it's a pretty simple <laughs> cesspool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it, and you know, yeah, it's just like this nice simple mechanism, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it, uh, I I I like it quite a bit. So my uh, my SSDs here uh, for raw video. I just did like a quick assessment and uh black magic is telling me that i am good to capture um 1080p at 24 fields huh. um is the highest oh and really i can weird. read i can read up to uh 2k um without problem yeah but that's just on uh, one of my ssds i think and uh it's on a slower bus on purpose so yeah I think, yeah, because my read speed is 226 megabytes per second, and my write speed was like 120-something. Cool. So I think, I think like, it's pretty beefy usually. So it's a really good thing is what I'm saying, that um, you're able to uh, have that hardware encoding happen because yep. then you're, it's, it's basically feeding you something that's been compressed, and that's yep. going to help a lot. Yep, yep, for sure, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's, and it works really well. And their software is, is uh, software can be a little buggy sometimes, but generally is is um, uh, is nicer than than uh, the other stuff that I've I've seen out there and, and used. So um, yeah, and, and it's like Elgato's been around for a while. You know, not not just making game capture stuff, but uh, you know they they've been making Mac accessories for. Oh yeah, like, I use I have some of their stuff that I use when I. So we have a lot of old VHS stuff. Yeah, and. Uh, transferring that and encoding that is always like a real pain in the butt but um i use an elgato capture device same with like my old uh when i do laser disc captures for like my old star wars laser discs yeah um i use it for that too but it mines like a really older version that um does composite and s video like it's not digital it's analog to digital but yeah so yeah. i know i know they've been around forever and they make good stuff and they also had that itv basically like a tv tuner that you plug into your mac for years yep, yep. yeah um, so you could basically have like a little pvr yeah it was yeah it was always super oh. cool what we didn't talk about this but tivo now makes a oh uh, the tivo uh, mega yeah yeah it just does over the air uh oh wait what oh no no I, i'm thinking of something else the t i think wait what, what do you what, what was your I'm thing talking, uh someone in the office was telling me that uh, tivo is now selling a tivo device that only does HD over the air. Like they don't even bother with like cable car or satellite or any of that nonsense. So it's huh. like basically a cheap seats version um, for people that just want to plug in an antenna and do all the channels all the time um, in HD. Oh and wow! I, and I'm actually uh, I got to do some more research on that because clearly I'm not confident in what I'm saying. But um, apparently it's very inexpensive. Uh, like <laughs> hundred bucks is ex- expensive. Like not expensive. I was so I my thing was the com- is the complete opposite. Take a look at the yeah. link in the show notes. Um, 
the T the T Omega is Good Lord. <laughs> is is like is a the tagline is we created a monster on purpose. Uh it is it's basically a raid array with uh that that you know also has a TiVo in it. Um with twenty four te- out of twenty four terabytes of storage, hot swappable drives. This is this is a this is hardware fitted for a rack. Yeah, yes, yeah, and and rack mounted. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean it's clearly aimed at like this is for people who this is for people who are, like have a rack mount in their home theater, which is people who are spending you know thirty thousand dollars on their home theater, right? Other than that, because I mean thirty grand will buy you basically like just your your receiver and your AV processor yeah. and okay. um, your cabinet. You, yes, okay, a hundred thousand. Well, I mean, but you could be a person who's spending thirty thousand in your home theater, and you and you might buy this thing. I think uh, like you know this is uh, if you have a utility closet for your DVD player, this is what you get. Uh, right, because yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't imagine this thing's quiet. Uh, you're, yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it, absolutely yeah, incredible. It records over three years of TV programming. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> wow. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that's all my stuff. Yeah. On the PSAs. Oh man! Number one PSA is I uh, said so yeah. Uh, I figured let's focus on what's what's been happening recently uh, in in the information security world. Okay, so remember Heartbleed? Um, it was an SSL vulnerability um, that still exists today. Um, it's one of those things that um, really visible sites that were vulnerable to it were able to resolve it. This is going to be a little bit different because it's not as stealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, web applications and services that are available to a remote person that ha- accept arguments or otherwise fork or spawn shells that call bash, which is a popular uh, command line shell. Yep. Um, it will execute things that are fed to it, even to unauthenticated users. So. What this means is, um, and the, the condensed version, is that there are some legacy CGI applications or web services. Um, there are scheduled jobs and things like this that can be exploited. Um, now, it's not all entirely doom and gloom because um, in some cases, you know, you'd still have to essentially... Um, find a way to elevate privileges once you're there, but anything that's uh, readable or touchable by the user that is executing the shell is potentially um, readable and and able to be returned. Um, So this is kind of a big deal. Um, And I don't know if the the, uh, actual official sticking name right now is Shellshock, but that's that's what people are starting to call. Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. I start calling it Heartbleed 2 2 Electric Bugaloo, which (laughs) is a play on the old Breakin and Breakin 2 Electric Boogaloo uh, movies from the 80s. Um, I think I called it Bash Bleed, which is (laughs) not amazing either. No, no. That's pretty bad. um, uh, Part of the problem is going to be that um, there's a lot of uh, Unix-like systems out there, including OS X, that... um, are not yet patched, and in some cases are legacy enough where they will not be patched by the vendor. 
Um, so for example, like really old versions of OS 10, I'm not expecting Apple to roll out a patch for this because they haven't rolled out a patch for other things huh. that okay. also never impact them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you had like the big, uh, Linux distribution, uh, and Unix vendors, uh, get on board relatively quickly. Um, especially in the Linux world. Right. So like, to be honest, uh, one of my, uh, machines as an Ubuntu box and like their auto update thing patched it two days prior to the release. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we should be so lucky, um, yep. and Apple land, but, um, uh, the people who write the bash shell, uh, GNU, uh, the GNU foundation, the free software foundation, they, uh, have had the patches up, um, and like a notice about it for the last day now. Um, and basically, uh, you know, the, the Internet's uh, head is collectively exploding over this because it's going to be another one of those things where this is the kind of vulnerability that can go unknown and undetected for a very long time before someone happens across it and uses it to their advantage. Yep. So um, is it the end of the world? Uh, no, but it's definitely pretty high visibility big deal like this is like uh send mail bug level of yeah of visibility um because there's pretty much every system out there that runs bash probably has a vulnerable version in their history at some point so this is kind of a big deal and uh it remains to be seen exactly how uh impacting it's going to be for people but um you know older systems in particular where they don't have vendor patches available anymore um this can be a good opportunity for people to finally replace those legacy systems. But in the meantime, they're still running vulnerable services and applications and there's all this stuff going around. So it's uh, still a little too soon for me to really want to draw a line in the sand on it just because it's still evolving. Yeah. Um, the ways to mitigate it are to patch bash. Um, now what some people, and this is like deep Unix neckbeard time. So, some people are going to probably tune out here, but um, in some cases, there's you know there's any number of possible command shells that people can use, and so Bash is the, the, a very prevalent one, and it's the one that most Linux users are familiar with. And then there's also um, variants of Bash like Ash and Dash and and uh, and Sash and uh, like some restricted shells that are also Bash-like in some way. Um, and in some cases, like what most people do for like system scripts and automation stuff, they use um, Instead of bin bash, they'd use bin sh. Um, and historically, that was like a tinier shell that was statically linked and um, didn't rely on external libraries. And that's kind of a practice that was more common years and years ago on systems that might be disk space limited or you wanted to have like a restricted shell for single user mode, things like that. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, like a lot of times, uh, bin sh is basically bin bash. Like it's basically bash that they've just used in deference to that. So, um, some of the Debian-derived systems also use something called Dash, which is like a more restricted one that I don't think is vulnerable. And then, um, like, my preferred shell is ZSH, um, and it's not vulnerable to this, but it could be vulnerable to something similar, but um, it's not uh, um, the kind of thing that most of my... Uh, since mo- <laughs> nine times out of ten... If I if I, if I'm standing up a new machine, it doesn't come with ZSH. Like I have to install a package for it. So it's not the kind of thing that's like so embedded in the system that it's going to be hard to extricate myself from to find out what's potentially using it. Um, so that's uh, one difference. But the um, the systems that have this in place are going to be um, scrambling, I think, for quite some time. So good luck with all that. 
Great. Well, yep. sounds sounds like a fun time. And you know, it's uh, it's mm, so to, to differentiate it from Heartbleed, which I think is probably the one thing that I think we can talk about yep. with some authority, is that um, Heartbleed was especially gnarly because you could dump portions of memory from a remote system to you, and that meant that you could be disclosing things like encryption keys or usernames and passwords and things like that that were happening over SSL, which is an encrypted protocol. Now, what can be potentially bad with um, this is that most of the time when people are actually trying to exploit and compromise a web service or other system, what they're trying to do is get a remote shell on the machine. And this is essentially a shrink-wrapped and bowed shell on the machine. (laughs) Like, it is... And you don't even have to like uh, uh, do anything fancy by embedding or, or tricking the machine into executing shell code and like echoing a shell and sending it back to somebody or opening up a connection and reversing, uh, opening up like a reverse uh, connection to you. Yeah, this is actually like a legit interactive shell that it will just dump to for you. Wow. So it's worse in some cases and it's less scary in others. So it's very different. Yeah. Um, I guess is what I'm saying, but. Um, you know, uh, getting access to things that are being run as a you know remote user in some cases isn't terrible, and uh, a lot of system and software architects kind of account for this as part of their architecture. So, having some sort of like privilege separation and using technology like jails, um, uh, effective uh, firewall policy for limiting incoming and outgoing connections will. Yeah help mitigate this a significant number of ways. Um, So basically, there are a large number of people that kind of um, operate with a very limited view or scope for controlling access to software and services and do not take a really strict stance on how things can be layered like this um, and they're going to be the ones that are hurt the most by this I think mm. because in a lot of environments um, if you have a rigorous or um, really strict um, security staff that is really tight with access controls in and out um, of their environment even if someone spawns a shell there's a limited number of things you can do with that if the machine cannot initiate any connections out. Yeah. Um, so there's, yep. there's any number of ways you can kind of uh, get a handle on this and, and slow it down from being really bad. But um, if you're running vulnerable code, you're running vulnerable code. And uh, Clay Cavaness, who's a uh, colleague of yours and a friend of ours, um, he's also the guy that uh, um, for a few years... Um, and he might even still be running it today. <laughs> the old uh, Hell Yeah Moo. Um, oh, no way. One of his machines. Yeah. Wow. Like, a few years ago, uh, I handed that off to him. Um, he's an old school Moo guy from way back, like car seats. And yeah. uh, he, um, uh, long time BSD and OS 10 guy, um, really, really smart dude. He put a post up on Google Plus that was basically like how to patch your own bash for OS X yeah. using the Apple open source repository and the GNU patch and how to get it yep. all packaged. So you, if you use like a package management system like um, Puppet or Casper or any number of other options, you can uh, use his little tutorial and you don't even have to really know what you're doing. Um, he wrote a very cool. good walkthrough on that that um, I actually sent to a couple people today. So um, 
if you're running OS 10 and you want to patch ahead of a vendor patch, then that's probably what I would recommend you do. Um, for people that have really old legacy systems that are not expecting an Apple patch, definitely um, start looking at your options because uh, this can get pretty bad pretty fast depending on how quickly someone can, can weaponize a, um, some exploit code for it and make it wormable so you can kind of automate. Yep. That's when it's going to get really bad. All right. And then you got people, you know, like Azure and Amazon and um, some of these service providers that are going to be just wrecked by it. Because, mm. I mean, if you have a fleet of essentially disposable machines that people don't care about um, that are <laughs> available and exploitable and in some cases not attended to at all, yeah, they're just going to all start going bananas. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I just updated my Rackspace machine. Um, yeah, I have uh, a couple of things to check still. But yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, then uh, in the remaining minutes, we've got some some Apple news to go. I through. love my iPhone six. Some big news. I I love. I also love my iPhone six. <laughs> yeah, Did you, uh, you got the regular one, right? I got the I got the regular space gray 128 gigabytes. Ooh, yeah. baller! Damn. Yeah, I got. I stuck to the sixty-four this time. I was um, usually went pretty small on the iPhones, but then this time I decided I would step it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I actually. I mean, so my previous one was actually sixteen. That's um, what I had. Yeah, and 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 that was um, that was okay. I mean, you know, I would occasionally run out of space for for photos and 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 movies, or you know, like um, sort of like stuff I'd taken. Right, you know, I, I would like that would be. I, the bulk of my available space uh, w- would end up being used up by that stuff, um, yeah. and so I—I I mean, the one twenty gigabyte was like a hundred dollars more or something, and this is—you know—it's such a core piece of electronic gear that I carry around with me all the time. Like, why not have it be, you know, as as maxed out as it can be? So yeah, I I thought about that, and then I also thought to myself like. What really hampers me more than the storage at that point, like there's a breaking point where, yes, I would love to have a lot more storage, so I'm going to do that. And I'd also like to be able to have some music on my phone, so I also want to do that. Yep. Um, What I don't like to do, though, is like have a ton of stuff going on on my phone because then it never, the battery becomes a problem. Sure. If I'm constantly like doing stuff on my phone. So I have the iPad and um, I generally have like my my reading and consumption and uh my lightweight photo editing and writing and stuff happens on my ipad and then um i think uh i think i kind of got the right balance sorted out but maybe maybe i'll find that i need something bigger but a guy in my office uh he ordered a six plus and he's like waiting basically for three weeks i think to accept it because uh they're they're slow to come out and then oh really huh yeah, and then like there's a couple of like uh there's really one like person in my office that basically just hates Apple and doesn't really get it and or get Apple in general. But and so of course, um the equivalent of like on a really hot day someone walking up to you and saying, "Is it hot enough for you?" Uh-huh. is like the person that says, "Hey, did you bend your iPhone yet?" Because <laughs> this whole Benghazi thing that I that I'm starting to refer to it as because I think it's hilarious. Uh-huh. Where it's basically, what did Apple say? I read some so many stories yesterday that were like, "Apple, this is going to be their undoing because they have refused to address Bendgate and all these bending iPhones." There's been nine. Yeah, yeah. Apple responded and said, "We've been t- contacted by a total of nine iPhone users." <laughs> yeah, nine uh, nine people who all apparently made YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. And, um, 
And uh, the reason that they haven't issued a, a press conference about this is because it's nine people out of 20 million yep. or however many it was. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, like, did someone that asked me, like, did you bend your iPhone? And I said, no, because I don't sit on my iPhone like an idiot. Right. Like, I, I don't do anything to my phone that warrants it bending. Yep. And yeah. well, if, and, and like if you look at the YouTube so. videos, it's like people are people are bending them. <laughs> like, yeah, they're trying to bend their phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, I've had a lot of like my Nokia phones. I had a couple that were metal and they bent. Yeah. And I had, you know, and plastic ones with snap. So yeah. then there's that. Yeah. So and I'm thinking like everything that's metal can bend. Yeah. If you put enough tens- tensile strength and torque on something, it will bend yep. or it will snap. Yep. That's the nature of physics. And so I don't understand like why they're – it's clearly like the worst, discri- like, worst disguised trolling effort ever because yeah. nobody, if, if only nine people are actually impacted by this, then that tells me that the people talking about it have A, they don't have the, the device and B, they have no intention of, of getting the device and yep. C, they're mad that anyone has the device. Yes, that's that, – yes. <laughs> That's what bothers me and drives me nuts. <laughs> but – um yeah i think uh no it hasn't bent yet how about you are you are, are is your phone bending uh i i i don't think it is but okay. you know what you never know yeah it could happen any day any day now it could it could bend so yeah it could bend yeah. they like beckham yeah exactly yeah and then um uh, re- uh, uh, real quick before we move on i want to say just one of my favorite things just it kind of it's it's kind of a minor thing but it's also kind of a major thing about the iphone 6 is i mean so obviously the camera is better they touted that but the one like one of the key ways in which i've noticed that very concretely is when you start up to take a picture it doesn't do the whole like waiting for focus thing oh yeah the, there's no focus like snap waiting like, right it's just it's just there it's just focused it's amazing um yeah uh, there so. was a new update to um uh camera plus today also that i haven't had a chance to look at that's been the great thing about ios 8 is there's been some really good updates to software like the new evernote is outstanding Ooh. And, like, there's a new extension. Like, the use of extensions is really impressing me. So um, Evernote now has, like, basically a capture pane in the notification center. So you get, like, a nice little row of icons. It's, like, text, camera, photo, reminder, yeah. list. And then you just tap one and, and you oh, go. Cool. Um, my Pinboard software that I like for iOS is called Pinner. Yep. And from any application, I can send so- like it's, I can send my current web page in a browser to Pinner. And it's a basically a send to extension and it happens in the background. Like I, I don't have to change apps. Yeah. 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 Like it just hands it off and it's great. And then, um, uh, there was an update to OmniFocus for the iPad, uh, last week that came out that was outstanding. And, uh, also an update for, uh, the iPhone that was good. Um, a lot of my favorite software has already, um, done stuff to use the new display resolution on the iPhone six and also leverage some of the new technologies in iOS eight. My stupid, um, I say stupid, it's not stupid. It's great, but it's silly. Um, I have this, uh, um, I've been trying to learn to play the ukulele. Have I told Ooh, you about No, uh, actually, you know, I think you did mention it. Yeah. There's a really awesome piece of software called ukulele toolkit and it uses the new audio bus stuff uh-huh. and it's outrageous. Like, the things that you're going to be able to do soon with iOS 8 for like um, uh, music composition and yeah. composing, it, it's, it's fantastic. I'm, I can't even explain it. Like the ability to, it was always a good application for like tuning and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and like learning uh, chords and uh, scales and, and things like that. It's, it's a great piece of software. But then this ability to also talk to other applications around you. Um, 
Wow. That's kind of awesome and like going to get better and better uh, as we go. So cool. I'm wicked psyched about iOS 8. I think it's really good. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, cool. And then uh, uh, the Apple Watch was announced. That looks really cool. I think it looks amazing. I, I mean, it is, I think there is there's zero question in my mind about whether I'll buy it. I, it's just, I, like, I'm I, not a watch person. I want to have that. What? You, you want to have a watch? No, I don't, I don't wear watches, uh, but I, I would wear that one. Oh, yeah. Same thing with me. Yes. I, I don't wear watches either because at the moment they just tell the time. Yeah, my phone does that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, yes. I, I, that's, I, I think, I mean, there's, there's zero question in my mind that, that, um, that it, that is going to be something that I'm going to want to own. So yeah, and there's like there's so many cool things with like the health kit stuff too. And like yeah. this is part of the thing where like uh, um, there's a lot of people that are like skeptical or skittish of this. And like mm-hmm. um, and Apple's really gone out of their way over the last few years in particular, but especially very recently. Tim Cook had that letter that came out and basically like really outlined like what their goals and objectives are for um, customer data. Like Apple is not interested in using your data, right? Like it's well, because they, I mean, they sell they sell devices and to some extent services, mostly devices. Yeah, and, and, and those, think, those are I mean, one know, of the things people are critical of is like that it, they pay such a premium for it. And yeah. I think to myself, like that's because they don't need to make money elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Like they they are able to take that as a self contained thing, and like I realize there's like a, an intellectual argument um, against that quote unquote ecosystem, and uh, and what have you. But uh, there's a lot of things to like about it and that's one of them like the fact that um that's not their business um they've gone out of their way to make it uh very difficult for them to access personal information they've gone out of their way to create application interfaces to make it very clear to the user when they are sharing and who they're sharing with yeah there's a lot of and i would say there's there's a bunch of new like Sort of uh, not not new, but like definitely tweaked and refined, you know, permissions management stuff. Yes, and uh, the new battery usage thing is outstanding. Oh too. yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, Facebook Facebook has to hate it. I would imagine. I, yeah, because it, it basically tattles and says like, yeah, your battery sucks, and here's why. Yeah, yeah. It's because the Facebook app that you don't actually use that much has just eaten thirty percent of your battery in the last yep. four hours. Probably. So, I, yeah, I, w- I wonder how many uninstalls that's driving. Yeah. Oh, tons. I I mean when the the earlier builds of it were coming out, that was like one of the first things that I was all over. Like I, I thought that was like the greatest feature ever. Yeah. Um, so th- there's a lot of stuff about like the, the privacy side of the health kit stuff people are nervous about. And I'm thinking to myself, like I trust Apple. I, I trust my iOS device with that information a lot more than I trust my doctor's office <laughs> because I've been to my doctor's office and I've seen what they do. Yeah. And yeah, I know yeah. how they operate, and yeah. I know how insurance the, companies operate, and I yeah. know how all of that works. Like, yeah. and so um, on the one hand, like there's a definite like uh, uh, some skittish um, attitudes and, and some apprehension there, but at the same time, like I'm thinking to myself, if not this device and and this company, then nobody. Yeah, and they've done everything that I can come up with in my head of reasons not to get on board with this. Um, they've really gone out of their way to do a good thing, and I think uh, I think it's going to work out really well for them. Cool. Uh, let's see. And then, yeah, we we talked about iOS eight. Um, I'm I'm liking it in general. I don't have any major problems with it. I know there were some issues around. Uh, first of all, the the install being really big 
for like I know my my iPhone five is still not updated because I don't have have four point whatever gigabytes of free space. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I did an offline update um, as they like the the developer builds or whatever. So yeah. I just download the, and then I do it in iTunes and it was yeah, always which, fine. Yeah, you you could definitely do it through iTunes. I just have I've just been lazy. I you know I I got a new iPhone at this point, so there's. Oh yeah, man. yeah. Like there's there's not a whole lot of incentive, but um, and see, there was some. I, I was reading a story today about there. It sounded like there was some rockiness around. Like they, I guess they pulled the update temporarily because they pulled the update to the update. So there was okay. uh, 8.0. There was a couple of bugs that they wanted to address. One of them, I don't remember exactly, but the only one that I can think of that was like obvious to me was that the the using alternate keyboards can be problematic in certain oh. circumstances. Like where I've been using the flexi keyboard quite a bit, huh. and. Um, uh, sometimes like the keyboards wouldn't show up or whatever. Yeah. And so um, I think they had a fix that they intended to address that. And then it also disabled cellular <laughs> <laughs> on devices. So, well, but, you know, at this point, I, I, you probably don't need that anyway, right? Well, you know, it was a bad week for me to have that. Ha- I, it didn't happen to me because I, I wasn't chomping at the bit to update. But um, uh, I'm on call this week, which was a great week to be <laughs> on call with this, like, whole shell shock thing going on. Right. Uh, and people panicked but the uh uh i didn't install the update and then when i saw that people uh were having a hard time getting their cellular stuff working i was like yeah it's probably a good thing i didn't do that yeah yeah but yeah i think um they'll probably release another one soon but um and that's kind of a weird bug too because like that was a patch that they've shoved out the door real fast like i don't think they even seeded it i think they did like a very brief okay yeah qa and then just punted it out the door and then people reported problems yeah 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 sure so but but yeah, yeah I think overall that's, yeah it's great yeah 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 overall I, i'm not seeing any major problems myself um I, and some of the best stuff isn't even realized until yosemite comes right yeah yeah that, yeah that stuff is going to be cool um i'm i'm looking forward to like you know more apps using some of the new apis some of the um uh I, you know and then obviously all the apple watch tie and stuff um yeah i think there's there's a, like my wife one of my wife's colleagues is a diabetic um uh like the the insulin type, I can't remember which one it is, but um, he's like got to monitor his blood sugar levels and and uh, and all of that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how much better someone's life is when they don't have to be constantly mindful of that. Yeah, like if their blood sugar rises or dips, and they have like some advance notice on that, yep. that's awesome. Yep, yep, yeah. That I'd- in and of itself, like, I I can't even. I can't even. We haven't even begun to consider the ramifications of the sets. Yeah, I think yeah, it's gonna be cool. So, all right. Uh, well, that will probably do it I'd, for this episode of the Hell Yeah Show. And a little bit over, so a little bit of bonus for all you out there that have been waiting so patiently for <laughs> for a b- b- bonus episode. Bonus. Um, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, for all you who've been waiting patiently, uh, thank you so much. Um, and uh, let's see, if you want to check us out uh, on the web, the place to go is show.hellyad.com, or you can email us at show at hellyad.com if you have any questions or anything. You can find us on the newly discovered Twitter machine, twitter.com <laughs> slash show. Send us a tweet at show, and still on app.net and also on Google+. All right, very good. And with that, we will see you in maybe two weeks. <laughs> Benghazi!